This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast. I am Chris Samsa, and this is your New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 30 Night 14 Preview. The B Block of G1 Climax 30 will return after a full two days off with their seventh card of the tournament on October 11th, 2020. The card will emanate from Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium, and it will feature a main event that will settle the score between two of 2020's most prominent main eventers, as Tetsuya Naito and Evil will complete a 2020 trilogy that has been already been rooted in raw emotions and surprises. The semi-main event will feature two long-standing staples of the G1 Climax tournament as Hiroki Goto and Hiroshi Tanahashi face off. Third down the card, Sonata and Juice Robinson will both look to stay alive with a victory, and the card will kick off with Kenta vs. Toriyano and Zack Sabre Jr. vs. Yoshihashi. There are two wrestlers at the top of the block with a high probability for winning it in Tetsuya Naito and Evil, and they compete in the main event of the evening. Behind them will be five wrestlers with six points trying to stay alive to have something to fight for in the last two matches of the tournament. Of course, you can find my complete statistical breakdown for every competitor in this year's G1 Climax at VoicesOfWrestling.com. I have interactive, sortable tables for New Japan's 2020, detailed results and statistics of all 1,500 G1 Climax matches, as well as a full box score for this year's tournament at SportOfProWrestling.com. And you can let me know what you find when you drill down that data by dropping me a line on Twitter at TheChrisSamsa. So this will be a Sunday show, October 11th, 2020, coming at us from Aichi. Uh, start time is 6 o'clock p.m. Japan Standard Time. Uh, it's actually a late start for a, um, was it late start for a Sunday? So we're looking at 4 a.m. Chicago time, 2 a.m. on the West Coast, and uh, 10 a.m. in in foggy London. So. Um, of course, you can watch live or on demand on NJPW World. And if you're using NJPW World, you should definitely check out the NJPWEXT extension. NJPWEXT is the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com with features like synchronized viewing parties, dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. Visit njpwext.us today for details. So let's take a peek at the B block. Um, So we've got Tetsuya Naito sitting at the top of the block with 10 points, a 5-1 record. Uh, His only loss is to Sonata. And then right behind that, we've got Evil. Evil's got 8 points, a 4-2 record. He's had a uh, strong tournament so far in the win column. Behind that, we've got a lot of parity. We've got six wrestlers at six point, points each. Um, they are all still technically in the hunt. They could get to 12 points still with the three matches left. Tetsuya Naito is still at 10. Um, you know, without going too terribly deep into the weeds of who faces who over the three matches and who's going to 
have to have wins and losses and, and, and whatnot. These guys are mathematically not eliminated yet. So um, that's Zack Sabre Jr., Toriyano, Sonata, Hiroki Goto, Juice Robinson, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, let's see. Kenta sits at four points. He is effectively eliminated. Technically, he could still get to ten points. But again, there's there's a likely scenario that exists that um, eliminates him if we drill down a little bit further. And then we've got Yoshihashi at two points. He's definitely eliminated. He can only get to eight points. And we've already got Tetsuya Naito with ten. The longest winning streak in the block belongs to Evil as well as Sonata. They're tied with three. The longest losing streaks belong to Toriyano, Kenta, and Yoshihashi, all losing three straight. Part of the story of the B block is the disparity in total match length. Um, So Tetsuya Naito, he sits at 2 hours, 34 minutes, and 34 seconds in just seven matches. That is, without a doubt, um, the highest in G1 Climax history through seven matches because um, his average match length of 25 minutes and 46 seconds is like four and a half minutes longer than the the longest average in any uh, G1 Climax tournament. So he's on track to um, set some records and honestly not very not very long from now. He's showing um, incredible stamina, but also you have to wonder how broken down is he. And then at the bottom of that list, we've got Toriyano. He's coming in at just 37 minutes, an average match length of 6 minutes and 14 seconds. That's actually um, super high for Yano. So that would be his, uh, his five-year high if that's where he ended and landed. So keep an eye on that. Interesting. I know there's a lot of Toriyano fans out there that, that love the Yano stats and, and little, uh, little tidbits there. So um, worth worth noting um his average bumped up at least a minute with that uh 10 minute long Zack Sabre Jr. match just recently Tetsuya Naito's percentage of total block match length sits at 16 and a half percent so of the total um amount of ring time that these 10 wrestlers have put in Tetsuya Naito is at 16 and a half so you would assume everyone would land if all things equal they would all land around 10 percent maybe give or take a few just for, you know, variability. But Tetsuya Naito at 16.5% is is kind of outrageous. So he has yet to have a match shorter than 21 minutes and 58 seconds. That was his match with Hiroki Goto. Everything else um, has landed closer to that 25 range. And he does have the longest match in the G1 so far this year at 28 minutes and 28 seconds. So that's something to keep an eye on. How tired, how worn down is Tetsuya Naito, especially after this last week when they had, um, what is it, three matches in six days, and and now they go forward um, with without much of a break here. Even they they did have two days off before tonight's card, which is um, kind of a treat for them. So let's look at some of the tiebreakers. That's what's starting to get really fascinating, really indicative of where we're headed. And what could happen here. So a key tiebreaker um, is, is something I define as a tiebreaker over anyone within uh, any anyone still within competition with the block. Right. So any of those six point wrestlers, they all count as key tiebreakers. And, um, you know, you can kind of weight them accordingly. Right. So if you have a tiebreaker over Naito, that's obviously super valuable because 
all you then really need to do is tie for the top of the block and you become the winner instead of actually win by points. So um, so let's look at these key tiebreakers. Let's start at the top. We got Tetsuya Naito. He has four key tiebreakers, but they're all with those that group of six. So all those guys actually could be eliminated at night's end here, and he would actually have um, a, a really different outlook in, in regards to the tiebreakers. So he's got tiebreakers over Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, Hiroki Goto, and Zack Sabre Jr. Evil at eight points. He also has key tiebreakers over just some of those members of the six. So we've got uh, Juice Robinson and Hiroshi Tanahashi. So actually a lot fewer than Naito, half the amount as Naito has. And then down into the group with six points, Hiroshi Tanahashi only has a tiebreaker over Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson only has a tiebreaker over Toriyano. Hiroki Goto has a tiebreaker over Yano and Sonata. Uh, Toriano has uh, a bundle of tiebreakers. He's got Hiroshi Tanahashi, Sonata, and Evil. Sonata has that big one against Tetsuya Naito, as well as Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. has uh, tiebreakers over Hiroki Goto, Toriano, and Evil. So the, the six-pointers, I mean, it's a mixed bag. You've got Juice and uh, Tanahashi with just the one. You got Yano with kind of three really kind of good ones, even uh, with with Evil included in there, and then you've got Sonata who doesn't have a ton of tiebreakers with this group, but he does have that one over Tetsuya Naito. And we've definitely got enough to take a look at the weighted block win probability um, percentages for each of these wrestlers. So Tetsuya Naito leads the block with 37.66 percent in uh, weighted block win probability. He is the most statistically likely to win the block for obvious reasons. I mean, we put a lot of weight on just total points, and then and he's got the most points in the block. He also has the most valuable tiebreakers with four against competitors currently sitting at six. Now, it's, it's obvious that tonight's match against Evil, the only other person within one win of Naito, is going to be a really important tiebreaker for Naito to hold should he... Um, should he win that? Behind that is Evil, 16.88%. He's the only wrestler at 8 points. Um, these two probabilities are likely to change significantly after tonight's match. This The, the main event is, is really the core of tonight's card. So if Naito wins, you got to imagine that um, probability is going to increase significantly, not only by giving him the tiebreaker over Evil, but also giving him the... Um, the, that extra space between he, himself and evil. So the group of six wrestlers with six points all sit between 5.47 and 8.82%. So, I mean, they're not out of it, and they're, they're actually not that low when I've looked at tournaments in the past that I've run this, um, this same calculation on. But um, it's, they, they're long shots without a doubt. So you've got Zack Sabre Jr., Toriano, and Sonata having the second most valuable tiebreakers in the block tied right behind Tetsuya Naito. That's a big driver to them being the top three in this group of six. Sonata's lack of efficiency, especially his negative six-minute and 50-second win-loss differential in this tournament, hurts um, him in the efficiency metrics. Sonata hasn't looked dominant, but he's currently still right in the thick of the block. He does have that nice three-match winning streak to leverage, though. Let's take a look at the main event. The main event, Tetsuya Naito at 10 points, facing Evil at 8 points. 
Before this summer, Tetsuya Naito and Evil hadn't met in a singles match since 2016. They had no reason to fight. Evil was wrapped up in tag team division with Sonata. Naito was bouncing around the Intercontinental and IWGP Heavyweight Championship hunt, and they were both pulling on the same rope as members of Los Ingobernables de Japón. And that all changed this summer when Evil defeated Kazuchika Okada with the help of the Bullet Club to win the New Japan Cup and a title shot the very next night against Tetsuya Naito. Many assumed it would be a friendly match if Evil won the New Japan Cup, with Evil and Naito giving it their all, but honorably and with respect for one another. That wasn't the case at all. When Naito met Evil in the ring to congratulate him, Evil skipped the traditional LIJ fist bump and opted for Bullet Club's Too Sweet instead. He then attacked Naito, left him lying in the ring, and pledged his allegiance to his new faction. The next night, a different evil caught Tetsuya Naito off guard, going the absolute distance with the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion and defeating him in 38 minutes and one second. That was the longest singles match in either of these guys' careers. Naito was stunned, Los Ingobernables de Japón faction mates were stunned, and the international fan base of New Japan Pro, Pro Wrestling were collectively stunned. Evil was now the world champion. Tetsuya Naito stepped aside briefly and allowed his friend and then-junior heavyweight champion Hiromu Takahashi to challenge Evil for the titles. Hiromu was unsuccessful in fending off Evil and his new manager, Dick Togo, so Tetsuya Naito declared it was time to stop messing around and that he wanted a rematch for the belts that he won earlier this year at Wrestle Kingdom. The rematch was set for Summer Struggle in Jingu, NJPW's first outdoor stadium show in over 20 years, and Tetsuya Naito made it very clear that he and his remaining LIJ faction mates were prepared for Evil's Bullet Club antics. Naito was victorious, and Summer Struggle in Jingu went off the air with Tetsuya Naito, now a two-time double champion, flanked by fireworks and his adoring fans. The stakes may not be the actual championships now, but for Evil, a victory over Tetsuya Naito here would guarantee another opportunity to fight his new rival and challenge for his two belts. Naito will need to outlast Evil faster than he did in Jingu, as this match will be contested with a 30-minute time limit. Naito and Evil both have needed significantly longer than that to put the other away previously this year. Part of the intrigue in this uh, match is, is whether or not Evil or Tetsuya Naito can defeat the other in less than 30 minutes. So it took 30 minutes and one second for Evil to win their match, and then it took Tetsuya Naito 35 minutes and 50 seconds to uh, win back the title. So 30-minute time limit, less time to wear down the opponent, and and part of Tetsuya Naito's tournament, as really, and really is 2020, is that he's he's been wearing down opponents and, and really outlasting them. He hasn't shown a lot of dominance in the ring. He's been much more um, just the one to last the longest. So in, in 2020, his average match length is 29.55, and he, he's 8-2, and two, so most of those are wins, right? But, I mean, an average winning match length over 29 minutes after having five G1 victories, so only three of those were contested outside of the G1, that is, um, that's really high. That's really high. So, an evil, you know, average match length over 20 minutes. He had a couple of really quick wins in the New Japan Cup, or, or quicker wins in the New Japan Cup, at least, which actually draws his average down. But 
these guys, I mean, this this tournament, Tetsuya Naito specifically, with that 2 hours, 34 minutes, and 34 seconds of total match length, I mean, that's less than 35 minutes short of the all-time record for total length of block matches by a single competitor, and he's got three matches left. So he's got to be worn down. He's got to be tired. Um, he's already surpassed his nine-match total of uh, two hours, 29 minutes, and three seconds from last year's entire tournament. It's it's wild. So um, that's got to be the thing to keep an eye out for. I'll be shocked if they don't go more than 25, but at this point, the, the these guys are smart. They know that they need to win in under 30, but man, it, it may be tough. It may be tough, and, and we may, you know, I hate to always tease a time limit draw, um, but this is certainly a candidate for a, for a time limit draw, and that would make uh, you know figuring out the block scenarios super challenging. So I'm I'm a little hopeful that that doesn't happen. Though um, I mean you can't you can't say that this isn't probably the match that it is most likely to happen in. So there's a lot of meat on the bones in that main event. I know that there's a there's a segment of New Japan fans that doesn't want to see this main event. Um, go on or, or uh, give reason for another Tetsuya Naito versus Evil match, but I'm very intrigued to see what happens with a 30-minute time limit, um, whether these guys employ a different strategy or um, kind of go after each other a little bit differently to ensure that they um, are able to have a victory, right? So they, um, they wore each other down in their first two matches. Maybe this one's a little bit of a different style, um, that's not something we've seen from Tetsuya Naito in this tournament, certainly, but it is something that um, I'm, you know, w- we are aware that Evil does have um, the ability to, to end a match quickly. All right, let's travel down the card. Hiroki Goto versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. That will be our semi-main event. These guys, um, there's a lot of G1 history with these guys. Um, both of them are just really perennial competitors in the G1 climax. They're both entering this. Um, they're both entering this match with six points, right in the thick of it. Both kind of quietly at six points. Also, like neither has a really big tiebreaker that they that they've won. Um, Goto had a couple of really short matches that um, kind of took him out of front of mind, even because they were just he wasn't on the screen as often as you're watching these cards. So the um, the six points, you know, that like that whole group, these guys are kind of at the bottom of the probability spectrum from from that group, but that doesn't have to be the case. That's that's definitely something that we're gonna see evolve pretty quickly um, as as we go through these cards. So one of these guys will essentially be um, likely eliminated at at the end of the night. Um, one of them will still be alive. So Tanahashi's three wins have taken over ten minutes longer than Goto's on average. Um, of course, Goto's average is skewed significantly by winning his uh, the shortest G1 Climax victory of all time, his 18-second defeat of Toriyano. With 255 G1 Climax matches between them, this is the second most experienced G1 matchup in this year's tournament. The match between Tanahashi and Toriyano earlier in the tournament featured more G1 matches between competitors. This is also the match in this year's tournament that features the second most G1 experience if we look at it from a ring time perspective. Only Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tetsuya Naito featured wrestlers who have spent more time in a G1 ring. 
These guys have a ton of head-to-head history. They've been uh, battling ever since 2004. They've met 12 times in the past. Goto has only defeated Tanahashi once, and they had one five-minute time limit draw over 16 years ago. Tanahashi leads the series 10-1-1, and their five-minute time limit draw in 2004 was immediately restarted, and Tanahashi defeated Goto with just 47 more seconds. So you can kind of look at that how you may, right? I'm just looking at it purely from the records-keeping part of it, but essentially Hiroshi Tanahashi won that match. Goto and Tanahashi only seem to really meet when there's a purpose. Uh, Only once in their storied careers have they met outside of a championship match or a tournament. They've competed in... uh, They've competed... They've competed for the defunct IWGP U30 openweight title. They've had two matches in the New Japan Cup, including the 2012 final. That was Goto's only victory. And they've battled through three IWGB Heavyweight Championship matches, and they've met in the G1 Climax Tournament three times, 2013, 2016, and 2017. So there's a lot of history between these guys. They haven't met since July of 2017, though. So um, Hiroshi Tanahashi kind of kicking it back to to matches he hasn't had since 2017. Uh, He did that earlier in the tournament with Tetsuya Naito, and now he meets Hiroki Goto again. So this should be a good match. I'm excited to see who comes out on top of this one. And like I said, whoever loses is essentially going to be eliminated, um, and whoever wins is going to still be in the hunt. So it is an important, pivotal match. And the next match down the card is also the same. Six versus six juice robinson versus sonata not a ton of history or um kind of nuance in the data here except we've got sonata with a three match winning streak one of those matches being his victory over tetsuya naito so sonata is on the upward rise i think important to keep an eye on sonata as he entered this tournament as one of the favorites and he um he came out really cold and now he's warm um, so we're going to see where that goes. Um, uh, juice Robinson, he's got six points. That's for sure. So he's got a chance to do the same thing that Sonata has been doing. He, ha- he doesn't have to do it with a huge winning streak either, though. Juice has lost two in a row. So not a ton of nuance in the, the rest of the data. These guys are a pretty evenly matched duo. They have fought twice in the past during the 2017 and 2018 G1 climax and they've split their victories. So Sonata won in 2017, Juice in 2018, and they have not met since. Again, six versus six. One of these guys essentially is going to be eliminated after this evening because um, they'll still be at six points. They would only be able to tie, and Tetsuya Naito has a lot of tiebreakers. Now, if Sonata loses, he's the wrestler with the best chance of winning the block, even though he still sits at six points because he does have that tiebreaker over Tetsuya Naito. So if Naito loses, Sonata loses, Sonata's still in the hunt. Uh, If Naito wins and Sonata loses, he actually becomes too far away. Um, He would not be able to to, um, effectively even tie him in points. So that's the story there. Sonata on the big winning streak. We're going to see if he can continue on with that or if he can stay in the hunt so he can um, play an effective role towards the the tail end of the tournament he does have evil on the last night of the tournament so if he needs a tiebreaker there he would be able to accomplish that with a victory over evil 
second from the bottom of the card, and uh, at least in the G1 Climax matches, we've got Toriano versus Kenta. Similarly, not a ton of history or data to work with here. Both these guys are on three-match losing streaks. Um, Kenta is essentially eliminated at four. He could get up to ten. It would require a lot of people losing out for him to even tie, and then Kenta doesn't have very many effective tiebreakers. Toriano, like I said earlier, that average match length of six minutes and 14 seconds would be a five-year high, and this is... Uh, this match may actually go long. I mean, if if history is any indicator, uh, Kenta and Toriano did meet once, and that was in 2013 at in, uh, on a NOAA show, the NOAA Southern Navigation Tour, and Toriano battled truly, like actually battled um, for the GHC heavyweight title and in a match that took 24 minutes and 31 seconds. So... Um, that's significantly longer than Yano's, um, you know, matches these days, but seven years ago, Yano was kind of doing the same deal. So I'm, I was surprised to see the duration. I did, uh, try to seek out that match and, and see if I can find it because I'm very curious what it looked like. And, and I'm curious to compare what this year's Kenta Yano match looks like as opposed to that one on, on both sides of it. Right. So I think Kenta's a little more conniving and able to keep up with the shenanigans of Toriano as well. So um, so this will be, you know, it's a match that doesn't have a ton of stakes behind it. Uh, if Yano wins, he stays alive. Both these guys really got to want to get off that three-match losing streak and, um, you know, head into the back third of the G1 tournament here. And the first block match is Yoshihashi versus Zack Sabre Jr., um, Yoshihashi already eliminated. He's coming in with just the two points. Zack Sabre Jr., another one of those guys at six, trying to stay alive in the block. They have faced each other twice historically, uh, once in the G1 Climax, so that was G1 Climax 2017. Zack Sabre Jr. was victorious. Zack Sabre Jr. also defended the Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight title against Yoshihashi at last year's Kazuna Road event. A lot of people are talking about Yoshihashi's tournament, how he looks good, how he's putting in a lot of effort, um, but that hasn't translated to a lot of victories. Uh, you got to imagine he wants to snag a couple more victories so he can get into the conversation for um, participating in next year's G1 again. So he doesn't want to get dropped from the uh, from the blocks again. If he finishes with only two points, the likelihood of him being invited back to the tournament will be pretty low. So that is his motivation. Zack Sabre Jr.'s motivation is to stay in the hunt for the tournament, especially depending on what happens with that main event. So if, if Sabre wins and he's at 8, Evil wins and he's at 10, um, any, any of those guys at 6, if they end up at 8 and you've got an Evil win in the main event, putting them at uh, just at 10, that's a lot of guys right there in that in the hunt within two points so and if you're within two points i've said it before i'll keep saying it if you're within two points you can be tied for that lead the very next night right and with these guys after this set of cards they'll have two matches left that's plenty of time to uh even take over the lead if you if you need to so a lot of a lot of wrestlers with something to fight for here tonight um similar to the a block both of these both these blocks um, you know, coming into their third to last card had a lot of wrestlers um, still in the hunt. So and with this whole big group at six points, I got to imagine things are going to shake out 
and look a little bit cleaner as we go forward from this card. Whew, all right, another one kind of just under the uh, the block match time limit that I like to keep under. So where I'm looking at the time, it's about 27, coming up on 28 minutes. So that's going to be all I've got for you today. We have taken a look at really the uh, the standings, the matchups, the some of the probabilities of what we've got going forward in this G1 Climax B block. Uh, they may be refreshed after just that one extra day off. Uh, the A block certainly was. That was a card for the ages. Definitely worth checking out. I'm hopeful that this one turns out the same. These guys are, um, you know, they know this is the final stretch. They're all fighting for their lives. At least a lot of them are fighting for their G1 life. So I think we're going to see some really high effort uh, pro wrestling as we go forward here. I am excited. The uh, the B block has over-delivered on most nights, and I'm excited to see them do that again. Of course, you can find this preview in written form at sportofprowrestling.com or voicesofwrestling.com. Be sure to drop me that follow on Twitter at TheChrisSamsa to interact with me during any of the G1 matches, any of the G1 cards. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm trying to figure out all these scenarios. I'm trying to dig into wacky, you know, three-way ties and stuff like that. Um, you know, I like to kind of operate in reality of, of what's likely, but also, like, if something exists, we have to account for it somewhere. So um, I'm here to do that. I'm dropping a lot of those thoughts kind of as I figure stuff out on Twitter. So follow me there. I'm, I'm, I love to like look at all these scenarios. I know some of my pals on the broadcast team, they love to just like dig in on that stuff too um, and, and really get into the weeds. So I'm here to do that with you. Hit me up on Twitter. Let's get into it. Let's get weird with those tiebreaker scenarios. I really appreciate you giving me a listen and letting me be the one to uh, get you all caught up with what's going on in this year's G1 and take a look at um, some of the nuances and details. I will see you next time on the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast.